william kilburn 1745 1818 and copyright for artists original designs a biographical sketch from the gentleman's magazine london march 1832 by j h this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. A letter addressed to the editor of the Gentleman's Magazine. Dublin, March 6th. Mr. Urban, in the life of William Curtis the Botanist, published in your magazine, August 1799, it is mentioned, quote, that in 1772 he commenced his great work, The Flora Londonensis, having had the good fortune to meet with an artist of uncommon talent in mr kilburn i have seen no memoir of mr kilburn who has been dead some years and when a man like him disappears from the world by whose genius talents or industry the arts sciences or manufactures have been improved it may not be deemed uninteresting to rescue the incidents of his life from that oblivion in which those of the generality of mankind are buried. William Kilburn was born in Capel Street, Dublin, 1745. His father, Samuel Kilburn, was an architect of some eminence, and married Sarah Johnston, niece to General Johnston of Tyrone. His uncle, Sinclair Kilburn, was a Presbyterian clergyman, and reared his only son, sinclair kilburn to his profession this son was afterwards a very eloquent and popular preacher published a treatise on theology and a volume of sermons but having unfortunately early imbibed republican principles he became a leader of the united irishmen and during the suspension of the habeas corpus act of seventeen ninety eight was arrested at belfast by order of government conveyed to Dublin, and imprisoned in Kilmainham Jail, where, from long confinement, he lost the use of his limbs and died shortly after his liberation. William Kilburn, the subject of this memoir, was also an only son, and very early exhibited his genius for drawing. This, and the wish to have him in the country, as his health appeared delicate, determined his parents to place him apprentice with mr john lisson an englishman who had established a calico printing factory at lexlip near dublin here he quickly learned the different branches of that ingenious art but attached himself to drawing and engraving those being more congenial to the bent of his genius few lives are more marked than his with unceasing industry and application during this summer he rose at four and occupied his leisure hours in drawing patterns for paper stainers which with his master's leave he sold the produce gave him pocket money and enabled him to purchase a pony on which he rode to dublin on saturday and passed every sunday with his mother and sister he had acquired an amazing readiness of pencil so that if a new pattern caught his eye in passing through dublin he would take out his pocket-book and have it for his master on his return 
he always spoke gratefully of the kind attention paid him by mr and mrs lisson during his apprenticeship at the expiration of which he found himself alone with his mother and sister his father who had speculated largely in building became embarrassed in his circumstances and died only a small property settled on his mother remained this probably determined him to visit london the great mart for genius here he obtained a ready sale for his drawings amongst the calico printers he also drew and engraved flowers from nature in which he ever delighted for the print shops and this led to his acquaintance with mr curtis and concern in the flora londonensis when he had entered into this engagement he returned to ireland and brought over his mother and sister took a small house in pages walk bermondsey with a garden and greenhouse and there occupied himself from sunrise to sunset in drawing and engraving the plants for that work which reflects so much credit on english science soon after the completion of the flora londonensis he received a proposal from mr newton to undertake the management of a calico printing factory at wallington near london for which he was to have a share of the profits without advancing capital to this he agreed and they were so successful that at the end of seven years he was enabled to purchase the concern and became sole proprietor he now rose rapidly in wealth and was soon the most eminent calico printer in england having brought the art to a pitch of perfection never since equalled he gave the highest wages to his workmen some of whom came from the continent and gave annual premiums for the best designs his pieces of muslin chintzes sold for a guinea per yard and he had the honour of presenting one of them the seaweed pattern designed by himself to her majesty queen charlotte finding that his patterns were pirated in manchester he applied for a bill which was brought into the house of commons by his countryman and neighbour the right honourable edmund burke quote, to secure to calico printers the copyright of original designs end quote mr kilburn married the eldest daughter of thomas brown esq an east india director a most amiable woman who survives him and by whom he had several children in the relative duties of son and brother husband and father his conduct was most exemplary as a true believing christian and moral man though he had been a delicate child he enjoyed excellent health until a few months before his death when feeling indisposed he repaired to brighton and not getting better he returned to wallington and calmly resigned his soul to his maker december twenty third eighteen eighteen in the seventy third year of his age the poor inhabitants of the neighbourhood by whom he was much lamented followed him bareheaded to the grave mr kilburn was above six feet in height thin but well proportioned and perfectly straight to the last the pencil in his long fingers appeared scarcely to touch the paper when drawing so much had he acquired of grace and freedom 
the flowers that he engraved about the time he became acquainted with mr curtis are now sought for by connoisseurs being so true to nature and i have before me his engraving of a dead canary on a marble slab with wreaths of flowers which even in this advanced stage of the arts would rival many of the bijoux that adorn our modern annuals being most domestic in his habits and constantly occupied he was never able to visit ireland after he had settled at wallington but every irishman that was introduced found an hospitable reception at his table he prided in his country of which he may be justly said to have been an ornament j h end of william kilburn seventeen forty five eighteen eighteen and copyright for artists original designs a biographical sketch from the gentleman's magazine london march eighteen thirty two by j h read for librivox by sue anderson